I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually his praise shall continually his praise shall continually be in my mouth i will bless the lord at all all times his praise shall continually his praise shall continually his praise shall continually be in my mouth Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal Father, the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we reverence you. We thank you. We glorify and exalt your most holy name. Thank you once again, Heavenly Father, for all the things that you have done to us, through us, and for us. You have been better to us, Heavenly Father, than we deserve. You have been better to us than we have been to each other. We just want to say thank you. We just want to give your name glory, honor, and praise. This is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we want to ask once again that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, which we have grievously committed against you in either thought, word, or deed. And we humbly ask, Heavenly Father, that you continue leading us, continue guiding us to the place that you have prepared for us since before the foundations of the earth. Do these things for us, Heavenly Father, and we will be careful to give your name all glory, all honor, and all praise. As we study today, Father, give us wisdom, understanding, wise counsel, wise instruction that your people in the four corners of the earth 
as they hear these words of yours. May your people be blessed. May your people be strengthened. May your people be encouraged. These and all other blessings we ask and we count done in Jesus' mighty and glorious name we have prayed. Let God's people around the world say amen. Amen and amen. God bless you, children of God. I do greet each of you once again in the mighty and the glorious name of our soon coming King, Jesus Christ. For those of you worshiping with us for the first time, I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide Headquarters in Kinston, North Carolina, USA. And I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Living the Word, a place where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of millions of God's people all over the world. We do thank God for each of you worshiping with us today, and we pray that you are blessed and highly favored as this broadcast has located you and located me today, not by mistake, but because God has positioned us to hear what the Spirit of God has to say in these last and evil days. We give God glory and we give God honor and we give God all the praise. Children of God, we're going to take a look today at the book of 1 John chapter 4 with a special focus on verse 10. 1 John chapter 4, with a special focus on verse 10. John writes to us, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We're going to work from a theme today, children of God. This is love. This is love. Let us again pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, again, we say thank you, Father. Thank you for another day in the land of the living. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for food on our tables. You put clothes on our backs. You put shoes on our feet, roof over our head. Father, we thank you for all of these things. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Father, again, we ask that you forgive us of anything we have said, done, or thought that has not been pleasing in your sight. And as we study your word today, Father, we pray that you will speak into our hearts and our minds 
that no words of flesh may leave this mortal body, but may only we move and speak as your spirit gives us utterance. Again, Father, we thank you for so many things. We give you the praise, we give you the glory, and we give you the honor. We pray, Father, as we share your word, your good, pleasing, and perfect will with your people today. May someone be saved, may someone be edified, strengthened, and encouraged, and may your name gain all the glory, Father, the honor, and the praise. This is our prayer. In Jesus' mighty and glorious name, we pray Let God's people around the world say amen. Amen and amen. This is love. As we look at John's writings to the church, verses 7 on down to verse 21, John deals with God's love and ours. Now, it's important to understand, children of God, that our love may or may not be real. But God's love is always real. Satan's so-called love is never real. Now, now remember those three things. God's love is always real. Man's love may or may not be real. Satan's love or professing love is never real. You say, Apostle. Why is that important? Well, that's just just in keeping with God's word. His love, his word, his character. God's word is always true. Man's word or our word, it may be true and it may not be true. Satan's word is never true. So understand my brother and understand my sister that there are some absolute things about God. There are some absolute things about Satan. You say, Apostle, what's absolute about God? God always tell the truth. No matter what, God tell the truth. Satan always telling lies. He's a liar, the Bible says, and the father of all lies. So it's an absolute that God will always speak the truth. It's an absolute that Satan will always speak lies. And you and I fall somewhere in between the two. When we listen to the Holy Spirit, when we say what the Holy Spirit tells us to say and do what the Holy Spirit tells us to do and behave like that, then we do what is pleasing in the eyesight of God. But when we choose not to listen to the Holy Spirit, we choose to to uh, lie or we choose to try and change or we choose to try to, then we end up doing things like Satan. So my encouragement to you, my brother, my encouragement to you, my sister, 
let us strive to do and to think and to say more and more like God. God is absolutely good. Satan is absolutely evil. You and I fall somewhere in between. We should be leaning and striving and aiming to be more like God, to talk more like God, to walk more like God, to behave more like God. So God's love and our love. Now, our love can be, if we are close to God, our love can be pretty close to God. But if we are far from God, then our love will be far from God. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, may you and your love, may me and my love be close to God. May we get closer and closer in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. God is love. Now you look at 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16. John writes, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Notice John didn't say we rely on the love that we have for God. But John says we know and rely on the love God has for us. This is why we thank God this morning. Not so much because of our love for him. We thank God for his love for us. The love that we have for God is imperfect. It's flawed. It is just like the rest of us. It has its ups and its down. It has its right and its wrong. But the love that God has for us. I want to encourage somebody today. I don't know who God has sent me here to talk to, but the love that God has for you, the love that God has for me is a perfect love, is a powerful love. It is a love that we can't fathom. It is a love that is beyond our understanding. We give God praise today. We see Bishop Peter Adai Poku worshiping with us from Accra, Ghana. Good to see you with us today, my bishop. So I want to encourage you, my brother, and encourage you, my sister. Let us strive to lean more towards God's things. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? God's things, whether it be his character, whether it be his word, whether it be his wisdom, these things are perfect. Our things are imperfect. Our words, our character, our wisdom, all these things are imperfect. And all of these things are absolutely uh, defiled. Satan's wisdom, Satan's words, and Satan's character. Let you and I lean toward God. John said, I'm talking about God's love being superior to our love. God's wisdom is superior to our wisdom. God's understanding is superior 
to our understanding. I want to encourage you today, my brother, encourage you today, my sister, lean toward God. Lean toward God. You say, apostle, lean toward God's what? Lean toward God's whatever. Because whatever God has is superior to what we have. And is definitely superior to what Satan has. God, we will know and we rely on the love that God has for us. Now watch this. Why is God's love superior to ours? And God, Because God's love is of such a magnitude that God's love is a manifestation of his character. God is so tied up and tangled up and wrapped up in love that he himself is love. Look at what the Bible says. God is love. Whoever lives in God or whoever lives in love lives in God. Now, it doesn't say whoever lives in a $5 million house or whoever lives in a large congregation, or whoever lives in a popular following. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. God said, I didn't say that, Robert. I said, whoever lives in love. My encouragement, my admonition for God's people around the world. May you and I live in love. All other things will fail us. But love will never fail because love is God. God is love. So if we live in God and God is living in us, we will live in love. If God is really inside of you, if God is really inside of me, then we will walk in love. We will talk in love. We will behave in love. God is love. I want to encourage you, my brothers. I want to encourage you, my sisters. May we get deeper and deeper in love. See, adversary would love to slip something in a counterfeit and get us off the beaten path, get us off of loving one another, whether he gets us into raising money, whether he gets us into striving for large followings, whether he gets anything other than love, because love is what really moves God. Love is what is really impressive to God. Love is the manifested character of God. Everything else God, you know, God blind, huh? but love. Love is the key, my brother. Love is the key, my sister. My prayer for you, my prayer for me. May we go deeper. May we go higher in love, in the love of God. Well, as we look at our select scriptures, for today, the apostle says to us 
and verse 10. This is love. Now, you say, Apostle, why is that important? That's important, my brother, and important, my sister, because the adversary does not want you and me to know what real love is. He, 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 he's a counterfeit. He doesn't want you and me to know uh, what real wisdom is. He doesn't want you and me to know what the real word of God is. He doesn't want you and me to know the real because he's a counterfeiter. And what counterfeiters do, whether it's a counterfeit money uh, maker or a counterfeit um, picture, art producer or a counterfeit, what counterfeiters do is they spend their time and their energy and their effort trying to copy the original. See, we are not to be copies of the original. You and I are to be original, original men and women of God, original pastors and prophets and evangelists. We're to be originals, my brother and my sister. We are counterfeiters spend their time trying to look like real Christians spend their time trying to be like. See, we're not just trying to look like, we are trying to be like. We're trying to be like Christ, be like our leader. See, we have a leader in this movement. And no, it's not Apostle Brian. It's not Pastor Chris for my Nigerian brothers and sisters. It's not Bishop Duncan Williams for my Ghanaian brothers and sisters. It's not uh, Robert Kiangelo for my Ugandan brothers and sisters. These are all great countries that God has given me the privilege to visit. And these are all great men of God in their respective countries, but they are not our leader. Our leader, children of God, our head is Jesus Christ. We are all members of the body of Christ. Christ is the head. Christ is the decision maker. Christ is the leader. Christ is the guide. This is love. So God wants you and I to know what real love is. So we will not be deceived by what love is not. Now, John says, understand something about love. Now, we, John is telling us, now this is love. But then John comes back and says, look, you need to understand something about love. It's not that we love God. And I've shared this with you all a number of times. My prayer is not that God will love us. That's a given. My prayer is that we will love God. That's the issue. That's what will make the difference between you and I spending eternity in the presence of God or, or you and I spending eternity in the lake of fire and burning sulfur. We don't go to heaven because 
just because God loves us. If that was the case, everybody would go to heaven. The angels, demons, righteous, wicked, because God loves everybody. God is love. But the people that get to spend eternity in the presence of God are those that not only God loved, but they were individuals that love God in return. My prayer for you, my brother. My prayer for you, my sister. May we love God in return. Look at what John writes. Not John says not that we love God, but that he loved us. And God didn't just, God didn't just stop with saying that he loved us. God manifested that love with his actions. I want to encourage you. Love is not just talk. Love is the right talk coupled with the right actions. In other words, it's saying the right thing and it's doing the right thing. The apostle Paul instructed young Timothy. He said, Timothy, watch your life style and your doctrine. In other words, not just what you do, watch what you say, what you're teaching, what you believe in. So we understand that love, genuine love, is the correct words and it's the correct actions. My prayer for you, my prayer for me. May we manifest the correct words and may we manifest the correct actions in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. This is love. Not that we love God, John said. No, that's not the issue here. But that he loved us. And how did he manifest it? He sent his son as atoning sacrifice for our sins. Understand this, my brother. Understand this, my sister. If you ever wonder whether God loves you, you and I can get those thoughts out of our mind. God proved his love for us by sending his only begotten son to live, bleed, suffer, die, and then rise again from the dead and descended on high and is coming again. God showed, God displayed his love for you, his love for me. Sometimes we don't feel love. Sometimes people don't feel love. You hear, I've heard people say, oh, Apostle, I don't feel like anyone loves me. Understand that love does not depend on your or my feelings. God loves us regardless of what we feel. God, God loves us regardless of what we think. God said, Robert, I love you all regardless of what you say. So understand, my brother, understand, my sister, love does not depend on what we think, what we feel, what we believe, what we say. Love is, an, is a manifestation of the character of God towards you and towards me. See, now as we get deeper in searching out and finding out what love is, we can find out 
we can find out that God loves us even more than what we thought he did. But we have to search. We have to seek. See, if we don't search and seek, then we we can be deceiving ourselves into thinking that God doesn't love us or that we are not loved. But when we get deeper into love and understand more of the ramifications and the qualities of love, we'll find that God loves us more than we can that that we can even explain. God loves you, my brother. God loves you. My sister, God loves you and me so much that he gave his only begotten son. Or God loved us so much that he gave his own natural life. Jesus was God in the likeness of sinful man. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for me. God died for you. God died for me in the only way that he could. In the likeness of sinful man. So understand, my brother, it is very important for you and for me to know and understand what true love is. Because if you and I don't understand what true love is, we will be led astray by fake love. It's just like in the natural. If you don't know what a real Rolex watch looks like, then somebody can sell you a counterfeit for five or ten dollars on the on the on the street. But if you know more about a real Rolex watch. You know the weight of it. You know the look of it. You know the, the placement of the diamonds and different things. Then it's going to be more difficult for someone to trick you or to trick me with a fake Rolex watch. Well, it's the same thing when it comes down to love. When you and I know more about what real love is, what God says love is, what God says true love is, then it's going to be much more difficult for someone to trick you and I with fake love. There's a lot of fake love in the world today. Just like there's a lot of false prophets. There's a lot of false apostles. There's a lot of fake, a lot of false. Why? Because fake or false is much more easy to produce than the real thing. Fake or false is not worth as much as the real. But I want to encourage you today, my brother, and I want to encourage me. Let us hold out for the real. Listen, young lady, under the sound of my voice, it's better for you to hold out until you are 40 to uh, marry someone that really loves you than to jump in at 20 and marry somebody that you think loves you, that later on find out that they don't. It's better. It's better. The real is better. A real apple pie is better than a counterfeit apple pie. Apple pie. The real is better. God wants you and I to experience and to operate in 
real love. And this is why he is telling us that this is what real love is. What God felt for you, what God feels for me, what God feels for us is real love. What men and women feel for you and for me, it might be real, and it might not be real. What the adversary feels for you and for me is never real. But God's love for us is always real. It's always powerful. It's always strong. God, he, God loved us. God proved his love by sending his son as an atoning sacrifice or at one at, at one at one minute. Atonement, atonement sacrifice means at one minute to bring God, perfect, righteous God, sinful, stained man, to bring them back together, to bring them to a place of oneness. Jesus Christ was that atoning sacrifice. You have God on this side, perfect, holy, righteous, pure. You have man on this side, conceived in sin, shaping in iniquity. We all messed up. How can we connect with a holy and righteous God? Jesus Christ. At one man. God take Jesus Christ, take a portion of God, take a portion of man, bring them back together again. Make them one again. This is why we thank God every day for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ did for you. Jesus Christ did for me what no one else could do for us. He has made us one again with our creator. We give Jesus praise. We give Jesus glory. We give Jesus honor. We thank him. We magnify him. We laud him. We praise. He made it possible for a perfect God to come back together and to connect, reconnect again with sinful man. Jesus Christ, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. So John says to us in verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, John is right back on that theme again. John is saying, look, this thing is not about your love for God, my love for God. This thing is about God's love for us. This thing is about God's love for us. John says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to respond to that properly. Now watch this, children of God. Since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. The the only proper response to God's love for us is us loving one another and us loving God. That's the only proper response. Anything other than that is the wrong response. God, let's get this straight. God loved us, sinful us. Well, what do we need to do? Number one, we need to love God back. And number two, we need to love one another. Since God loved us, look at verse 11. And John says, dear friends, since God loved us, we also 
ought to love one another. Simple. God loved you. Yes. We're going to take that love and give it to your neighbor. God blessed you. Yes. We'll take that blessing and give it to your neighbor. God forgave you. Yes. Then take that forgiveness and apply it to your neighbor. What God has given us, we need to give to one another. We need to give to our neighbor. God loved us. Yes. And we need to take that love and give it out to one another. People that don't love their neighbor, don't love their fellow man, then they are making a mockery of what God is giving them. How is God going to give you love and you give hate to your fellow man? If God gave you love, you should be giving love to your fellow man. Since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us. How can you tell if God is living in a man or living in a woman? Simple. They'll love one another. So I want to encourage you, my brother. I want to encourage you, my sister. Walk in love. That proves that God is living in us. When we display and we manifest love for each other, for humanity, that's the proof that God is in us. It's not proof that God is in us because we have a large following. It's not proof that God is in us because we have on uh, fancy clothes. It's not proof that God lives in us because we built buildings. And what proves that God is living in us is that we love one another. And his love is made complete in us. I want to encourage you, my brother, encourage you, my sister, keep on striving. Keep on aiming for perfection, aiming for God's love that is present inside of your heart and inside of my heart as believers. We allow God to make that love complete in us. God has given you and me many great things but he wants them to be made complete. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. God has given us these things, the fruit of the spirit. But I'm hearing God say, Robert, these things have to be made complete in you. It's much like a seed. You can't go out and just start eating, eating a lot of corn seed. No, that seed has to go through many stages of development. That seed has to go through process. That seed has to be made complete. Well, God wants to make his love complete in you, his love complete in me. 
God wants to make his joy complete in you, his joy complete in me. God wants to make his patience complete in you, his patience complete in me. God is working on completing in us the things that he has so richly given us. Even the Bible tells us that we prophesy in part and we know in part. But when perfection comes, then that which is imperfect shall disappear. Why? Because God will make it complete. My prayer for you, my brother, my prayer for me. May God make his gifts. May God make his talents. May God make his skills complete in you and inside of me. In the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. This is love. John said, let me, let me share with you what the spirit says that true love, God's love, really is. So you will not be led astray by counterfeit, fake love. This is love. This is the, John said, this is the real thing here. See. God's love for you and for me is the real thing. See. Regardless who of who claims they love us and who says that they love us, God's love is the real thing. John says, this is love. I don't know what kind of other love and other individuals have been presenting and other individuals have been displaying. John said, I'm not dealing with that. This, John said, I'm dealing with what's real. This is love. And not that we could or would or even should have displayed it to God first, because you cannot give what you don't have. Wise man told me years ago, says, son, you cannot give what you don't have. You cannot lead where you don't go. You cannot teach what you don't know. You can't give God's love to anybody if you don't have it. So God wants us to possess some things then we can give some things. That's why the Bible said it's more blessed to give than to receive. See, receiving is one thing, but giving is a whole nother level. Giving means that you have already received and you have chosen to give. When an individual gives, that means they have made the proper decision with what they have received. That's why it is more blessed to give than to receive. When receive, you just you may have just made the decision to take it. But when you give it out, now you have made the, the, the decision not only to take it or to accept it, but then you've gone a step further and said, I'm going to let the, your Lord use me as a conduit. See, 
God wants to use us oftentimes as a conduit. God blesses us with something, then he means for us to give it out and bless others. You know, God give you a lot of wisdom. That means, all that means is God wants you to give out a lot of wisdom. Anytime you look up in your life and God has blessed you with an abundance of something, whatever it is, it may be abundance of clothes. I'm thinking we got a room here at the Christian Center Church Worldwide filled up with clothing that God has blessed the ministry with. Well, what does that mean? That means, Apostle Brian, you need to be giving out plenty of clothing throughout the world. Some of you have been blessed with a lot of money. Well, that doesn't mean you just pile it up in your bank account. That means you need to be giving out and being a great blessing to the ministry. Anytime God gives us an abundance of something and we are not abundantly blessing others with that, it's just a matter of time before God is going to cut that off from you because you don't know what you're supposed to be doing with that. Whatever God, you look up, you have find abundance of shoes, abundance of, if it, you have an abundance, that means that you need to be an abundant blessing to God and his people. Abundance should just mean abundant blessing. When you see abundance that God has given you, that means I'm, I'm meant to be an abundant blessing. We bless God. I'm looking at some comments that Bishop Peter Adai Poku has just typed on the screen. He says, we are waiting for you here, Father, in Ghana. Amen. I was just with them a few months ago. We really had a very blessed time in uh, Accra, Ghana. And then we traveled to Sogakape, Ghana, right there on the border of Ghana and the great country of Togo. We did not get to visit the saints in Togo. I hope to get a chance to see them very soon, as well as the saints in Nigeria and Benin Republic. But love my brother my sister that is what this movement is all about you could easily call christianity the love movement christianity is what the early saints were called they were to distinguish these individuals that were followers of christ they named them christians well we could easily name our movement the love movement we're just the people that love love our friends love our enemies love people that are with us love people that are against us love people that are righteous love people that are wicked we, we could easily just be known as the love movement because that's what you and i are supposed to be children of god Lovers, lovers, lovers of God, lovers of men, and just lovers.
Well, children of God, as one of my bishops used to say many years ago, about 40 years ago now, that's the message. That's the message. We pray that you all have been blessed at the preaching and teaching of God's word. Uh, for those of you that want to be a blessing to the ministry, feel free to go to our church website and allow the Lord to touch your heart and use you. Listen, and I need to share this with you. There's some of you under the sound of my voice, you're not going to see the change in your life and uh, that you are really looking for until your offering changes. See, if we're not giving the right offering, God cannot, God will not be pleased with us or our offering. There's some of you under the sound of my voice. God, you are possible listening, listening, listening. I don't see a lot of change. Your offering has a change. Bible says that God was not pleased with Cain or his offering. So Cain needed to change himself. Cain needed to change his offering. Until you and I put God's word into practice, the Bible said, look, whoever gives sparingly shall also reap or whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. So some of you are just saying, ah, God's word is not working. I'm not seeing a lot of changes. You're still giving the same way you've been giving sparingly. So God is just going to continue allowing you to receive sparingly. But we have to change. If we want God's word to change us and to to change what it is doing for us go from giving sparingly to giving abundantly bible says whoever sows abundantly will also reap abundantly god's word often acts like a mirror to us you want to change the reflection in the mirror? You can't be standing there hollering for the reflection to change. You change the way you are looking. And see, don't see, doesn't your reflection change the way it's looking? You change what you are giving to God and watch and see, don't God change what he's giving to you. May God bless you, children of God. May heaven continue to smile on each of you. This is Apostle. Robert Bryant, signing out. I will magnify the Lord, for he is worthy to be.